Morning, everyone. So now we come to Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Brilliant. And, um, do you know, uh, it was a great talk from Trisha there, and we are continuing to think about money, and uh, money, markets, and morals, that's what I've, I've called this, and uh, challenged myself by thinking about this. You know, we often don't like to talk about money. We know we need it, we know we use it, but we, we, we can kind of have a bit of an awkward relationship with money. Myself, Sunday morning, we're talking about spiritual things, prayer, and so on. Uh, but you know what? I was astonished to find out that Jesus' favorite subject to talk about in the Gospels, other than the kingdom of God, you know what it is? It's money. He talks more about money than anything else. Uh, more than, about money than prayer. More about money than um, doing good things for your neighbor. More about money than talking about heaven and hell. Jesus talks about Money. Why does he talk so much about money? Was he money obsessed? <laughs> well, I believe Jesus, you know, people often say the church is a bit boring and irrelevant. Well, God have mercy on us because Jesus isn't. He talked about things that were relevant to everyday life and that were, you know, to do with people's. He's more as bothered about what we do with our money, uh, with the state of the economy. The way we treat the poor, as bothered about that as our worship here on a Sunday morning. This matters to God. Money matters to God. Uh, I was talking recently to Steve. Steve's a pastor in Paddock Wood, and he told me a story, and I've got his permission to share this. Once he went into Costa Coffee in Paddock Wood and gave £50 to the, uh, to the person working behind the till. I don't know, do you call them baristas or something like that? Anyway, barista person... And there you go, there's 50 pounds. I want you to, this money to go towards 50 pounds worth of coffee for everybody who walks in. It's, that's to cover what they want. And uh, just say, if they ask, that it's on behalf of a local church. And uh, he sat back and watched. And people went in, got their coffee. And then the person said, there's no charge. It's been paid for by a local church. And people, he just watched. And people caused quite a stir. And people are like, wow, great, free coffee. And I tell that story because it might not sound like a big deal, but actually 50 pounds impacted people's lives in a really positive way. We often think of money in a really kind of, we think about the dangers and we think about the negative side of it, and that is definitely true. But it also has power to do incredible good. And this story... It's actually a really powerful story about 
money. And it's a powerful story about how God sees it. Do you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Encounters with Jesus, often he's the protagonist in the story. People are meeting him. But not on this occasion, he's just watching. Sitting there. He's an observer. And he sees people go and put money into the temple treasury, into the money box. The crowd. Not just a handful of people, but the crowd were going and putting their money for God, for the work of God, for the temple. Now before we criticise it, let's just say they were giving. <laughs> and it's not a given that people give. It's not just, doesn't naturally flow from human nature. It's easy to criticise, I know, but I think he's the richest man in the world. Jeff Bezos said in an interview not that long ago, is it Bezos, Bezos? The founder of Amazon. He literally couldn't think what else to do with his money other than space travel. <laughs> so he's using it to go into space. It doesn't come naturally. 2018, a big construction company called Carillion. And uh, it was liquidated. And I think it was about £7 billion left in arrears. And the taxpayer picked up some of the tab. And lots of construction projects left hanging, including two hospitals, two major hospitals that were due to be built. And Carillion went bust. Why? Well, the MP's report said, pure and simple, it was greed. The board of directors, even when they knew the company was going down the pan, paid themselves big fat bonuses. You know, we ask sometimes, how much money is enough? Well, just a little bit more, clearly. <laughs> and those board of directors, they were already wealthy. But they just felt like they needed more. And others suffered as a result. It's not a given that people give. Our natural tendency, and the whole economy is based on the fact that, you know, we're selfish. People spend money out of self-interest. Markets are based on the fact of self-interest. Tanya and I have just finished watching a program. I mentioned Jeff Bezos. We watch Amazon Prime. So we do thank Jeff for that. Um, <laughs> But we're just watching a program on Amazon Prime called Comrade Detective. And it, it just discovered, it was set, it was actually filmed, it's a little bit racy, so if you think, the pastors watch it. Anyway. Um, but it's set in Romania. It was actually, came out in the 1980s, and it's been, it was lost as the communist regime uh, fell to bits uh, under Ceausescu. Um, but... Um, it, it was, it's been discovered, it's a fascinating historical document really because it, it's basically a buddy cop thing, it's a series but it's, it's their view on the West and it's hugely all propaganda about America and America's greed and all the rest of it and it's a fascinating insight um, how they saw the West and the thing is a lot of their criticisms were fair enough <laughs> it was true uh, now, communism was an attempt, 
is an attempt to level the playing field, to reduce inequality. Trisha talked about all the inequality in the world. Well, communism's an attempt to sort that out. But as we all know, in the 20th century, communism brought untold misery on millions, if not billions. Uh, and it hasn't worked. And uh, because it doesn't account for the fact that ultimately self-interest rules. People are greedy. Under communism, God takes, gets taken out of the picture and the state becomes God. And then people get hungry for power. It doesn't work. It's been proved not to work. But a lot of their criticisms were fair enough. You know, they had, um, we're talking about Ronald Reagan. Now, Ronald Reagan was one of the people who talks about the trickle-down economy. Or you might not, I don't know if you use that phrase, but that was the principle. The idea that you give tax cuts to the rich and you, um, to big business, but it will all benefit everyone because it will trickle down. Well, water trickles down, as we're discovering today. By the way, when you leave, if you go out the gazebo, you might get a big load of water fall on you. Um, water trickles down, but do you know what? Generally speaking, money doesn't trickle down. Because people at the top say, ah, we haven't quite got enough. And as Tricia said, there's this big gap. And increasingly, say in the US, but also here, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It's not a given that people give. So at least in Jerusalem, they were giving. Jesus watched. Now, they weren't giving as he would have recommended giving. When Jesus says to give, he says, give in secret. Do it so that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Uh, no one else can see. You don't even know what you're doing. I think standing orders and so on are a good way because you kind of can forget that it's going out of your bank account. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, uh, God sees. In this church, I don't know who gives what. God sees and daft. So in, in, at the temple, they weren't giving a, how God would want them to give, but at least they were giving. And the rich were going in and giving large sums of money. Now I want to point out that Jesus doesn't condemn them for this. He doesn't point the finger and say how terrible they were. Plenty of other places in the gospel, in Mark's gospel, he has criticism of people. Well, not, not here, but what he does is he, he singles out this poor widow. And most people would hardly notice See, if I'd gone in and I was wealthy and I had a big bag of money, it might have made a bit of a noise as all the coins dropped down. But as she went, I think she had these two tiny, small copper coins. No one would have noticed and it wouldn't have made a sound, but in heaven there was a big sound. Because heaven's economy is different to ours. And God looks at the heart. And Jesus saw her heart and saw that she was prepared to give it all. Now, isn't it significant that she had two small copper coins? She could have kept one for herself, right? And she still have been really generous because she's given away 50%. She gives them both to God. It's a challenging act, but a act of total surrender. A total abandonment to God. She worships God with her money. 
I think one of the reasons Jesus talks so much about money is it's often the last thing that we want to let go of. When we've got it, we want to hold on to it tightly. You ever seen or read Lord of the Rings? The ring. What does it do? It destroys Gollum, doesn't it? Gollum. My nephew used to do an amazing impression of Gollum. But he was like, my precious. And it's like that. It can be like, I just want to hold on to it when you've got it. Sometimes you see, we see that with the kids. You know, you give them something. Hang on, five minutes ago, now you, you didn't have it. Now you're fighting over it. <laughs> I want this, I want that. They're not that bad. They're wonderful. They're not here. We're child free this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this woman, she bows down and she worships God with her money. Now, the two small copper coins that she did have wasn't going to be enough to feed her anyway. Wouldn't have been enough to live on anyway. So she just abandons herself to God. I imagine her as this small little old lady and others walking past much taller. But you know what? In God's kingdom, she was way taller. She stood tall. Because God looks at the heart. It's not the amount that matters. It's the heart. Now, I'll be honest. If I'd have been there, I'd have said, please, keep your money. We can cope. The the temple's fine. And to be honest, it's not going to make any difference if you give this or not. Because we've already got loads of money here. We're fine. We don't need your contribution. But thanks very much. (laughs) It made no difference whether she gave it or not materially and we do look at the sums don't we but God doesn't he looks at the heart and I want to ask you and I want to ask me where's our heart ultimately the question is do I have God on my heart is Jesus on the throne in my life is he on the throne in my bank account in my dealings with money and I'm challenged Please hear me, I'm challenged. We have incredible power to do good with money. When the decision was made in this country to uh, have a health service that meant that everybody could have access, whether you're rich or poor, everyone could have access to health care, free health care. It's an incredible commitment. Who pays for it? We do, taxpayers. But what an incredible, great thing to do with money. There was a great grassroots movement over 20 years ago now, but do anyone remember Jubilee 2000? Just leading up to the year 2000, people were starting to say, let's take the year 2000 as a year to cancel the debts of the poorest countries. And they got the idea from the Bible. Leviticus chapter 25 talks about the year of Jubilee, when every 50 years, if you're a slave, you go free. If you've got a debt, it's cancelled. It's the year of freedom, the year of jubilee. Well, let's make the year 2000 a year of jubilee. It started with a couple of guys, actually, and then became a grassroots movement. The church really got on board. Gordon Brown, uh, who was Chancellor of the Exchequer, got on board with it as well. It was, and it had an incredible impact. It was powerful. Now, all governments do some brilliant things, and they do some things not so good. I want to say, if I'm honest with you, I think the decision that our government's just made to cut Foreign aid from 0.7% to 0.5% is a bad mistake. The poor are going to lose out as a result. You might say 0.2%. It's a lot of money. 
And what we don't see, actually, even if we're operating on the basis of self-interest, it's still in our interest to do it, because it has impact overseas. I was just reading about the country Sierra Leone. If, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, actually, he's got an economics background. People tell him to shut up, don't talk about it, just talk about prayer. No, 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 no. We need to talk about it. And he said he went to Sierra Leone and he was amazed. Didn't realize. They, they were so grateful for what the UK had done in that country. Markets need morals. And so you and I as the church, as people who carry heaven in our heart, as people who have the love of Christ, the love for neighbor in our hearts, we have the power to do incredible things with money. God is calling us to surrender it to him. And I believe also, some of us who deal more with money than I do, maybe you're in the business world, maybe you're dealing with money more than I am. Uh, Philip's not here today, but he's a professional uh, professor of economics. Knows all about this thing. God is calling us to be in the market. Why? Because the market needs morals. And the market needs the light of Christ shone in it. And it can and does make a difference. We're going to be talking about money the next couple of weeks, actually. And that wasn't, it just, it just happened because we're looking at some of the parables. And so many of them about money. We're going to commit ourselves to God. Well, thank you, Lord, that's you see everything. Lord Jesus, just as you were watching the people going and giving, you watch us. And I want to thank you that you see the heart. Lord, we, we do get things wrong sometimes, but Lord, you see our heart. I pray you'd be helping us to think your thoughts, not just here on Sunday morning, but on Monday when we go to the shops or when we're doing business, when we're looking at our bank accounts. I want to thank you that you know what's in my bank account today, right now. All this matters to you, God. This earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it. So Lord, would you be Lord of our hearts? We give you our money, we give you our, not just our singing today, but we give you our hearts today. I pray you'd help me on my journey with money to surrender it all upon to you. I want to thank you that as we're rich to you, you're rich to us. You bless us so much. Wherever we're at this morning, would you hear the cry of our hearts? Whenever we give to you, you give back. We might feel like we've only got two small copper coins in the grand scheme of things. 
But God is saying, just give it to me. Right now, give you, we give you a heart, Lord. Thank you for how you're stirring in us. Thank you for how you're moving us. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Bless and exalt you. I'm going to be singing a song as we look to Jesus. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. He died for you, he died for me. The final verse of that song says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, that would be an offering far too small. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. She didn't know anyone was watching. Poor widow didn't know Jesus was watching. Her eyes were fixed on God. And I want to encourage each one of us, have your eyes fixed on God right now. Don't worry about what others think. He looks to you, and as Rob was saying earlier, he looks to you with love. You are so precious to him. Don't cling on to stuff because God says you are his precious. He's holding you. Just know that you're loved by him. The way to get rid of money worries is to just give them to God and to worship God. Give your heart, give your life, give your soul, give your mind, give your strength, give your time, give your money. Please hear me, I'm not saying it's about giving it all to this church. That's not what I'm saying. But just give yourself to God. Give yourself to God right now. Surrender it all. And he will lead you, he will call you, and he will bless you. So, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you that we celebrate your presence here. Thank you that you are moving in this place. I want to thank you that Jesus died on the cross for us. We confess our sins. We confess that we've turned away. We confess that we've uh, relied on other stuff, that we've been blinded by this world so many times. Lord, would you open our eyes to see the values of the kingdom, that the streets are paved with gold. Help us to have our eyes on you, Lord. We look to you. We bless 